0: can digest wheat. no no human has the enzymes to digest wheat. Uh, there are many research papers on that but it doesn't make everybody sick and it's, it's only after you cross the line it's called the um, loss of oral tolerance. When you cross the line then you have a problem with wheat. So when is that? It depends on the individual. you know it just really you can be two years old, 22 years old or 92 years old, but when you lose oral tolerance, and how do you know? If you have elevated antibodies to wheat, if your immune system is fighting wheat, you've got a problem with wheat. That's how you know. You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gervais.
1: Welcome to Food Integrity Now. I'm Carol Gravet. I'm a certified holistic nutritionist and the host of the show. At Food Integrity Now, we like to investigate and explore what's happening in our food supply so that you can make wise decisions for your health and for your family's health. And I'd like to give a big shout out to Ben Sound Music for our intro and outro music. My guest today is Dr. Tom O'Brien. Dr. O'Brien is an internationally recognized and sought after speaker and workshop leader, specializing in wheat, its impact on health, and the development of autoimmune diseases as they occur inside and outside of the intestines. In November, 2016, Dr. O'Brien released Betrayal, the autoimmune disease solution they're not telling you which was an investigation into the global effects of issues underlying the autoimmune system and chronic disease. Dr. O'Brien is considered a Sherlock Holmes for chronic disease and metabolic disorders, teaching that the underlying mechanisms that trigger the development of chronic disease are the key to health. He holds teaching faculty positions with the Institute of Functional Medicine and the National University of Health Science. He has trained and certified tens and thousands of practitioners around the world in advanced understanding of the impact of wheat sensitivity and the development of individual autoimmune diseases. His 2016 groundbreaking book, The Autoimmune Fix, won the national book award and ranked first in several categories in amazon dr o'brien is founder of thedoctor.com and the visionary behind the gluten summit a grain of truth which brings together 29 of the world's experts on the gluten connection to diseases disorders and a wide range of symptoms Hi, it's Carol. I am the host and founder of Food Integrity Now, as well as a certified holistic nutritionist. And we only support products that we believe have high integrity. We are proud to announce that we will be supporting a new company called True Bonnie that was started by an amazing food activist, Bonnie Hari. Their first product is a daily turmeric supplement And what I love about this product, it's not only organic and non-GMO, it also has a certification that it's glyphosate residue free and contains no heavy metals. Turmeric is a powerful root that has been used for centuries in Ayurvedic and traditional Chinese medicine as a treatment for inflammatory disorders. And when you think about the rise of autoimmune and inflammatory diseases in this country, this timing is perfect. It also has been shown to promote weight loss, supports brain health, and I could go on and on. To purchase this amazing turmeric, you can either go to the show page or go to foodintegritynow.org and you will find it under products. Dr. O'Brien, welcome to Food Integrity Now. Oh, thank you so
0: much. It's a real pleasure to be with you.
1: Well, I am just a really big fan of yours, and I've read your book, The Autoimmune Fix, uh, which we're gonna be discussing today. But I also watched a lot of the Gluten Summit you did, and uh, so I guess we'll start there. There's, There's so much talk these days about autoimmunity and autoimmune disease, and there's a lot of misinformation out there about what is autoimmune disease. And I know a lot of people think, well, it's the body attacking itself. So can you explain to us what is autoimmunity?
0: You bet. Um, it's, and it, uh, technically, I guess you could say the body's attacking itself, but that, but that gives the wrong impression. Uh, Mrs. Patient, your immune system is the armed forces in your body. It's there to protect you. There's an Army, an Air Force, a Marines, a Coast Guard, a Navy, IgA, IgG, IgE, IgM, lymphocyte response assay, white blood cells, the differential. There's many, many different branches of the armed forces there to protect you. And what happens is in the midst of your immune system trying to protect you, it starts attacking these chemicals that we're exposed to. And those chemicals can be in certain foods that you might be sensitive to, or environmental toxins in the water, in the air. And when your immune system attacks these these invaders, the signature of the immune system going after these invaders, it looks for certain signatures in the bacteria or certain signatures in the food proteins. And those signatures are amino acids. they're, They're clumps of... Uh, uh, poorly digested uh, uh, food proteins, as an example. So you get these clumps of the amino acids, and the immune system fights those clumps. When the immune system fights those clumps, it's looking for that signature. And it turns out that that signature is a part of the surface of your thyroid or the saran wrap around your nerves called myelin or the part of the the tissue of the brain called the cerebellum or part of the tissue of your muscles uh, uh, called myosin that the immune system trying to protect you going after all these toxic chemicals and bad foods that we eat is looking for them in the bloodstream but as a result some of your own tissue looks a little like these toxic chemicals and it's called molecular mimicry that the, the tissue of our own body mimics or it looks like these invaders that the immune system's trying to protect you from.
1: Oh wow, that makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about what are some of the trigger, triggers for autoimmunity?
0: Well, we, we know that there's a trilogy in the development of autoimmune diseases. There's at least three things that have to be there. One, you've gotta have the gene for that particular disease. And that's the deck of cards that you've been dealt. You can't do anything about that. But that doesn't mean you're gonna get the disease. It means that you're vulnerable to that disease. You know, if you pull a chain, the chain breaks at the weakest link. It's at one end, the middle, the other end, it's the heart, the brain, the liver, the kidneys. Wherever your genetic weak link is, that's where the chain's gonna break if you pull on the chain too hard. And so the first component in the development of autoimmune diseases is your genetics. Okay. The second component in the development of autoimmune diseases are an environmental trigger. And the one that we know without doubt, no one challenges environmental trigger for a particular autoimmune disease, it's celiac with wheat. That if you have this genetic sensitivity to wheat, you will you are at high risk of developing celiac disease. But all other autoimmune diseases have the same mechanism, genetic vulnerability, environmental trigger that sets it off. Uh, The mechanism is the same, and it may be from wheat or from dairy or from a bacteria. For example, Klebsiella pneumoniae is the most common bacteria that people get in hospitals, and it causes pneumonia, Klebsiella Mm -hmm. pneumoniae. And so, if you get a Klebsiella infection, and if that's the environmental trigger that you, your body is being exposed to, is a large colony of this Klebsiella, and if you carry a particular gene, it's called HLA-B27, it's a nice scrabble term, you know, <laughs> and so then you're at high risk of developing the disease ankylosing spondylitis, Lou, Lou Gehrig's disease,
1: mm.
0: or if you have a colony of strep in your body and your immune system's fighting strep, you're making antibodies to the strep bacteria, because of molecular mimicry, you might develop MS. Because the antibodies going after strep, they look for the signature of strep in the bloodstream and the um, saran wrap around your nerves called myelin looks a lot like strep. It's got a similar bacterial, uh, not bacterial, amino acid signature. It looks very similar. So if you get elevated antibodies to strep, if you have the wrong gene, you may have those antibodies attacking your myelin, uh, myelin basic protein, and that's what causes the saran wrap to get worn down. For example, the wire that goes from the battery of the car to the headlight of the car if somewhere in the middle of that wire you took the insulation off but the wire was still solid you took the insulation off and you uh and that piece of the exposed wire touches the frame of the car the lights start flickering on and off Mm -hmm. and you say what's wrong with the lights there's nothing wrong with the lights it's the wire carrying the message from the battery to the lights And that's what MS is, is that it's the wiring, your nerves that lose the myelin around them that causes the symptoms of MS. And the way you lose the myelin around the nerves is that your immune system makes antibodies to myelin. And you may make antibodies to myelin because you have a chronic strep infection. And and your body's attacking the strep, it may also attack your myelin.
1: And that's called molecular mimicry.
0: Correct. Molecular mimicry. And there are hundreds of studies now about molecular mimicry. Surprisingly, many doctors aren't familiar with how common this is. For example, with children, if they get strep infections and if your body makes antibodies to fight the strep, which is a good thing to keep the strep infection um, to get rid of the infection, But if you have these antibodies to strep, the bacteria streptococcus, you may, because of molecular mimicry, have antibodies that develop that go to your brain. And these kids that have this genetic vulnerability, they get something, they get anxiety. They get uh, uh, brain dysfunction. There's a whole syndrome called PANDAS, P-A-N-D-A-S. And it's a pediatric condition with anxiety that comes from a strep infection and that but the doctors don't think to check for that so they give the kid the child a uh, anti-anxiety medication
1: mm-hmm. which
0: is which is just going to try to put a lid on a pressure cooker yes. you know, because the problem is still there and everyone is familiar with another example of trying to protect you from molecular mimicry and that's when you go to the dentist for many people the dentist gives you antibiotics before they'll work in your mouth why Because everybody knows when you're sitting in the dental chair and he's working on your mouth, he squirts some water in your mouth, he spit the water out, some pink water. You know, you got a little blood, a little leakage in there. That's because they've poked hole, you know, in your gums. They've made your gums bleed. Well, that's leaky gut. If you've ever heard of leaky, uh, not leaky gut, if you've heard of leaky gut, this is leaky gums. Yes. leaky gums when you go to the dentist if you get leaky gums when you go to the dentist and everyone does that spits pink water into the bowl if you get leaky gums when you go to the dentist the strep that's in your mouth we have hundreds and hundreds of families of bacteria in our mouth if strep gets in through the leaky gums your immune system makes antibodies to strep because of molecular mimicry those antibodies can go after your heart and you get rheumatic heart disease That's why the dentists give you antibiotics, Hmm. is to prevent the need for the immune system to make antibodies to strep, which may, because of molecular mimicry, go after the the valves of your heart.
1: Wow, that's fascinating. Well, this autoimmune disease, in your book, you identify 159 different autoimmune-related diseases that are on the autoimmune spectrum. Obviously, celiac is one of the big ones. There is an environmental trigger, and that's gluten. But beyond the celiac disease, let's talk about gluten sensitivity.
0: Sure. For every one person that has gut symptoms, celiac, with a sensitivity to wheat, there are eight that don't. They've got symptoms somewhere else. And um, in Italy... They've got 37 centers. It was 37 a couple of years ago, maybe more than that now, that are designated by the government as wheat related disorder centers. And wow. that's where you go to get a diagnosis of a sensitivity to wheat, because if they give you a diagnosis, your food's a tax deduction. And by the way, you know, those people, and anyone can do this, but those people know, and so they do it. They go to the pharmacy to get their food. So they, they go to the pharmacy and place an order the next day. They've got fresh gluten-free pasta or cookies or or croissants or whatever you want. So when you're traveling in Italy, go to the pharmacy and order your gluten-free food. It'll be there the next day.
1: That's amazing. I never knew that. Yeah, yeah.
0: So um, the 37 centers, I think 28 or 29 were gastroenterology, a couple of pediatric, a couple of allergy centers. Um, uh They identify wheat-related disorders, and they say uh, for every person who's referred to their center, 7% of them turn out to be celiacs. 93% of them turn out to be non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Mm. That's how prevalent the NCGS is, the non-celiac gluten sensitivity. The ratio is more than... Well, I I don't know what that ratio would be. It's certainly more than 10 to 1, so it's 93% to 7%. So that's how common it is to have a sensitivity to the wheat that doesn't manifest as celiac. So if your doctor says, you don't have celiac, you're fine. It's okay to eat wheat. You You know that that doctor's not current in the literature. Because not having celiac, which is good for everybody to not have celiac, not having celiac does not mean that wheat's okay for you.
1: Well, a lot of people who are gluten sensitive, they don't present with um, intestinal problems. Right. So what are some of the other ways that that could present?
0: Right. The Weed Related Disorder Centers in Italy, they refer to it as a lack of well-being. That if you don't have gut pain or gut problems or diarrhea or constipation or bloating or cramping, in your gut, and you have symptoms somewhere else, they fall under the category of lack of well-being. What does that mean? It means everything else. You know, fatigue, uh, chronic fatigue, joint pains, thyroid problems, kidney problems, reproductive system problems, loss of hair, uh, recurrent anemias. There are hundreds and hundreds of symptoms that are associated with the sensitivity to wheat.
1: When somebody comes in to your practice,
0: uh, one, one of the first things we'll do is run a test to see if we have to eliminate gluten. Okay. Because uh, uh, no human can digest wheat. No, no human has the enzymes to digest wheat. Uh, there are many research papers on that, but it doesn't make everybody sick. And it's it's only after you cross the line. It's called the um, loss of oral tolerance. When you cross the line, then you have a problem with wheat. So when is that? It depends on the individual. You know, it just really, you could be two years old, 22 years old, or 92 years old. But when you lose oral tolerance, and how do you know? If you have elevated antibodies to wheat, if your immune system is fighting wheat, you've got a problem with wheat. That's how you know is if your immune system says so, and so you just have to check, and you just have to do the right test to check.
1: Okay, I'm going to use myself as an example here. So I did the IgG food sensitivity test, the 96 different foods blood test, and um, it came up in categories, you know, at high, uh, sensitivity, uh, medium, and mild so both wheat and gluten came up in my mild yes so this, this begs uh, another question okay so I've been um, eliminating even the mild ones from my diet and even though I didn't really think I had a problem with it because I'm one of those people that was eating it and not really feeling it in my intestines once you have that show up Can you go back?
0: No, never, never. Mrs. Patient, when you get a vaccination for measles, they give you a shot of the bug measles. And your brain says, whoa, what's this? This is not good for me. I better fight this. And you start making anti... Your brain says general. And in your immune system, you've got Army, Air Force, Marine Corps generals sitting around with nothing to do. General, you know General Measles, take care of this. General Measles starts to build an assembly line. The assembly line uh, starts making soldiers, and they're special forces. They're very highly trained soldiers, and their job is exclusively to go after wheat, nothing else. To go after, uh, I'm sorry, not wheat, to go after Measles, nothing else. When these special forces are going through the bloodstream, they're looking for measles everywhere they go, everywhere. And they fire their chemical bullets, these high-powered rifles called cytokines, and they destroy the measles bugs. General Measles is watching all of this. When all of the measles bugs are destroyed, General Measles says, all right, turn off the assembly line. We don't need any more soldiers right now. And then, within a couple of months, uh, so the assembly line turns off, and then the antibodies you've made last for a few months, so within a couple of months after that, so three months, four months later, you've got no more antibodies to measles in your bloodstream. Um, If we were to check you right now, you shouldn't have measles antibodies, unless you were exposed, and then you should.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. But General Measles is now vigilant the rest of his life. The rest of his life, he's called a memory B cell. And if measles ever comes back into your system, General Measles, who's vigilant every day, gets activated and just has to flip the switch. He doesn't have to build the assembly line. that takes months. You just have to flip the switch. And in a day or two, you've got measles antibodies. The special forces are out there in the bloodstream to find those measles bugs from the guy who was sitting behind you in a plane coughing and you inhaled measles bugs from him. And uh, so the special forces come out to find them in your body and wipe them out. That's what vaccinations are designed to do. That's why if you go to Africa, you need vaccinations for weird diseases, months and months ahead of time, like yellow fever and dengue fever and things like that. But if you go back 20 years later, you just need a booster shot two weeks before you go. You just have to wake up, general yellow fever, dengue fever, just have to, to wake, wake them up so they're out there so in the bloodstream ready to go. So, memory B cells. When you make elevated antibodies to wheat, you develop memory B cells. B cells. So, they're, so they're going to be there to protect you the rest of your life. life. You can't fool Mother, Mother nature. nature. You, you can't, can't be, be a little pregnant. pregnant. You, you can't, can't have a little wheat. Once you cross the line and you make elevated antibodies, and that's easy to identify in the right blood test, now that's going to, now you've got general wheat. You have a memory B cell of wheat, and he never goes away.
1: Okay. Even with a mild sensitivity, it doesn't matter, right? It's...
0: Well, you see, the problem with the test that you did, the IgG test that you did, looking at wheat, it only looks at alpha glibin. Now, what does that mean? Yeah. This is, think of proteins like a pearl necklace. Hydrochloric acid undoes the clasp of the pearl necklace. Now you have a string of pearls. Our enzymes from the pancreas, the liver, the gallbladder, the microbiome, our enzymes are act as scissors to snip that pearl necklace smaller and smaller and smaller, smaller clumps of the pearl necklace, smaller clumps, smaller clumps, smaller clumps until you get down to each pearl of the pearl necklace, that's called an amino acid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Those, those amino acids go right through the walls of the bloodstream, because the inside lining of your guts lined with cheesecloth, and so it only lets really small molecules get through. And so the inside lining lets the single amino acids get through to get into the bloodstream. The problem with wheat is that no one has the enzymes to break it down completely, The best we can do is break it into clumps of pearls, from the pearl necklace. There's a 33-merl clump, a 27-pearl clump, an 11-pearl clump, all these different clumps called peptides. And what the literature shows us is that there are 62 peptides to poorly digested wheat. 62! But every laboratory in the country only checks one. Mm. And so, and so the, test the test you had checked one, and you didn't have a problem, problem with that. Well, well it doesn't mean you don't, wheat. Wheat. It you, you don't have a problem with wheat. It means you don't have a problem with that one particular peptide, mm. and,
1: and,
0: and that's, that's called, called alpha-glidin. But, but there's 61, 61 other, other peptides that, that you may have, have a reaction to, to. And, and every, every lab, lab in the, the world only looks at alpha-glidin, and a new lab opened up... Uh, eight years ago, they looked at 10 top peptides, and that's been a godsend because you find so many more of these people uh, who have a problem. Now there's a new lab that opened up that does 26 different peptides in one blood draw. So you have a much more uh, likely chance of doing a comprehensive evaluation to find out uh uh, well
1: that that makes a lot of sense. So are those are those tests that you're referring to are they on your site the, the Correct, they
0: are. The, and, and that's, that's the dr.com. DR. Don't spell Dr. the word doctor out. Yes. Uh, the the, the, the dr.com DR. and those tests are there. there. Yes.
1: Okay, great. Anybody who's just done the IGG really needs to take it sounds like a little bit further so they can get a more comprehensive Report on what's going on.
0: That's very true. That's very true. And not just IgG. Those that have done skin prick tests, that's IgE. And that's a really good test. You know, it's important to do. But when that comes back negative, that doesn't mean that you can eat wheat. Heck no. You just checked the Air Force. That's all. You checked IgE for wheat. What about the Army or the Marines?
1: Oh, okay.
0: IGA, you know, that, well, I didn't check that. Well, why not, doctor? Aren't there different branches to the armed forces? How come you only check the Air Force? Well, you don't ask them that because they'll just walk out of the room, right? Right. And just just, uh, walk away. But uh, the testing in our country today is so uh, archaic in many ways.
1: Primitive.
0: (laughs) Primitive, yes.
1: It's a little frustrating for a lot of people who go to their well-meaning doctors and they want to get these kind of tests and the doctors may not know about them. Do you have any suggestions?
0: Sure. Uh, you can get a lot of information at thedoctor.com, thedr.com. Uh, and I have training programs. Uh, that's what I do. You know, I travel the world teaching doctors about this stuff. Uh, uh, so for people who want to understand this more that's what the book the autoimmune fix is all about yeah that's why that book was uh, written was to explain this concept and when you read it it's like oh this just makes perfect sense i get that that makes sense
1: yeah it, it's a wonderful book and one of the things i find fascinating in the book is when you talk about uh predicted autoimmunity can you explain what this means
0: oh sure Sure. It was Melissa Arbuckle, uh, an MD-PhD in 2003. She wrote an article about lupus, and she went to the VA and looked for people with lupus. And in this one VA center, she found 136 people with lupus. Well, if they're, if they're in the VA center, they're veterans. If they're veterans, they're in the armed forces. If they're in the armed forces, they had their blood drawn many times over the years while they were in the armed forces. And what most people don't know is that the government has been saving and freezing most of that blood since 1978. So they've got tens of millions of samples of our service people's blood. Dr. Arbuckle knew this and she went back and asked for permission to look at the blood work of the currently diagnosed lupus patients when they were healthy in the Marines or in the Navy. And she got permission, so she got the old blood work and compared it to the new blood work for all these people. And what she found is that the antibodies for lupus were elevated years and years in advance. Years in advance. When there were no symptoms. And that makes perfect sense because antibodies, Mrs. Patient, you have an entire new body every seven years, every cell in your body regenerates. Some cells are really quick, like the inside lining of your guts every three to five days. Some cells are very slow. But every cell in your body regenerates, every cell. How does that happen? Your immune system has to get rid of the old and damaged cells, you know. Our cells get damaged every day, thousands and thousands of times a day, just by living on the planet. It happens. So. Your immune system has to get rid of the old and damaged cells to make room for new cells. So if you do a blood test and you look at thyroid antibodies, as an example, you look at any of them, but you'll see that most people are in the normal range for antibodies to thyroid. Mm -hmm. And it's not zero. It's zero to 34, usually. So it's normal to have some antibodies to your thyroid because it's getting rid of old and damaged cells it's normal to have antibodies to your brain because you're getting rid of old and damaged cells. And when you're getting rid of these cells, the new cells are being formed at the same time. So that's normal. But when you have elevated antibodies, you're killing off more cells than you're making. And the result is, you're wearing down the organ. If it's your thyroid, you're wearing down your thyroid. And all of a sudden, a few years down the road you've got cold hands and feet you wear socks to bed your husband says your feet are really cold you can't lose weight even if you don't eat for three days that your metabolism's slow you feel a little sluggish You feel a little depressed all signs of a thyroid problem and it is often the case that you've been killing off those thyroid cells with the antibodies to the thyroid uh, and, and because of molecular, molecular mimicry, I forgot a step there, that and if you have, for example, a wheat sensitivity, and if the weak link in your chain is your thyroid, when you, you make antibodies to wheat, wheat, you start making antibodies to your, antibodies to your, to your thyroid. And you, and you kill, kill off more thyroid cells than what is normal. Is you have toast for breakfast, more antibodies. antibodies. Sandwich, Sandwich for lunch, more antibodies. Pasta for dinner, more antibodies. Day after week, after month, after year and you're killing off, cells, killing, off cells, killing off cells, killing off cells, killing off cells, until one day, you've killed off so many cells, now you're starting to get some symptoms. And cold hands and feet, and the other the other early symptoms of thyroid. But they do a blood test for your thyroid, and everything's normal. And you wonder, well, why is everything normal, but I'm feeling like this? And then you listen to this again, and so, you know, I heard somebody somewhere, oh, I remember where that was. And then you bring this talk back up again, and you realize, wait a minute, has my thyroid been being killed off for many, many years? So Dr. Arbuckle did this with the lupus patients, and she found that every single lupus patient had elevated antibodies to their brain—not uh, 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 not to the brain, sorry—to the to the lupus. Of um, all seven lupus antibodies were elevated years before they ever had a symptom. Years. Most often nine years, sometimes 14 years, before they ever had a symptom. And that makes sense because you have to be killing off tissue for quite a while before you've killed off so much tissue that it can't function properly anymore.
1: So had the people had this test and had this information ahead of time, they could have taken steps so that full-blown lupus may not have manifested
0: that's exactly right. And that's the world of predictive autoimmunity. Can, can you predict if a person is on the spectrum going to get a problem or not? And the answer is yes, with a great deal of accuracy. It's a simple blood test. And uh, the most common blood test now that does this looks at uh, 24 different tissues in your body, six to your brain, three to your heart, to your thyroid, your lungs, your liver, your reproductive system, your muscles, your bones, is my body attacking my own tissue right now? And,
1: and what if, and what is that blood test called?
0: It's called a Multiple uh, Autoimmune Reactivity Screen. Okay. It's array number five, or test number five, from Cyrex Labs. And that's on my website also.
1: Okay, great yeah wow that's well we know that there's so many chemicals in our environment that we're being bombarded with but i don't want to discourage people because there are some things we can we can do about it you know so so we're having all these chemicals in our body which contribute can contribute to intestinal permeability yes and 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 one of the big ones from all my research is glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, and it's um, it's just one of the big culprits. So if you're if you're not eating a hundred percent organic, uh, you're getting glyphosate in your body. Right. And that does create problems in the gut. Yes. So it's really important, don't you agree that? People eat organic.
0: Oh, it's more important than ever because we're wiping out the species. Uh, uh, I don't say that lightly. We're 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 wiping out the species. Uh, the World Wildlife Fund did a study, uh, uh, published two years ago, and on average, there's a 58 percent loss of the populations of all. Mammals, uh, every vertebrate species, everything with a spine, that means insects, birds, mammals, fish, 58% of everything is gone. Between 1970 and 2011, in 41 years, there's been a 58% reduction in populations of everything that lives on the planet. The birds was 35%. The mammals living near fresh water was 78%. 78% of the beavers are gone, the porcupines, gone in 41 years. Why? They're drinking the water. And if you were drinking the water coming out of the stream, you'd get cancer quicker and you'd be unable to reproduce just like the animals. And then the second study, they did a meta-analysis. That means they looked at a bunch of studies on the same subject. And the subject was sperm count in healthy men. What did they find? From around the world, there's been a 59% reduction in sperm count between 1974 and 2011. So 37 years. And a 59% reduction in sperm count. What does that mean? Scientists worry about extinction of a species at 72%, and we are at 59% in 37 years. What do you think is going to happen in the next 20 years? yeah the, you know,
1: it, it, it's crazy <laughs> yeah
0: we're, we're wiping out the planet everything that lives on the planet and it's coming very quickly i never thought i'd be a doomsday kind of guy you know but when when you read the science you just have to get people to understand this and then you look at all the little things you can do like stop using plastic bags you know i mean i go to the shopping you know, mall and I buy my vegetables organic and I put them in a bag, a plastic bag, and check them out, bring them home. I take them out of the bag and I throw the bag away. And it's just waste that doesn't biodegrade, right? So I decided to keep the bags after the last time I went shopping and keep them in the car. And twice I pulled in and gone inside said, oh my God, I forgot the bags. You know, uh, but this time, About a week and a half ago, I went shopping, shopping, and I got got a cart, and I was uh, going to get get some vegetables, vegetables, and I was tearing the the first plastic plastic bag off of the vegetables, vegetables, and I realized I I, have have a a whole bag of plastic bags in the car. The last time I unpacked in the house, I put all the plastic bags in one bag and just put them back in the cart for next time I go shopping, so I'm not just throwing these things away and making for more trash. So I go in to go shopping again. I get a cart. I come, I come up, up to up the, the root, root vegetables, vegetables, get a uh, start, start to tear a bag, a bag off, and I say, Oh, no, now I forgot. I oh, the, the bag. I forgot, I forgot the, bag. the bag. Are you kidding me. me? It's in, in the, the car. The oh, I'll do it, it next, next time. time. No. no, do, do it, it, now. it oh, now. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm busy. Now. I don't have time. Do, do it, now. it now. Those 13 plastic bags that you're not using again, but that you're not using because you're going to use your other bags again, that's going to save 13 bags from ending up in the in the ocean. Right? Right. So that's
1: That's the way I thought
0: about about that. And And it really really helped to do do that. that.
1: Yeah. And this is a really interesting topic because I think we've given up a lot for convenience. Yes. That's a whole nother subject. But I don't want to leave uh, our listeners with a feeling of there's nothing they can do because there's plenty they can do to protect themselves and their family. So do you have any suggestions uh, for people uh, just some steps that they can take other than get these tests, go, go to the dr.com and really dig into this uh, knowing ahead of time notion so that you don't create these diseases. But what can you do from your standpoint that will really assist in mitigating some of the damage caused by all these chemicals we're being bombarded with?
0: Really good question. question. Most, most important, important thing, read the, the book, The, book, the, the autoimmune, autoimmune, autoimmune Fix. That's, that's what the entire, entire book's about, about it, is, is is how, is how to how do that. A Couple basic things, everyone wakes, wakes up in the morning. morning, most everyone goes to the bathroom first thing. After that, the very next thing you do is drink two big glasses of water. Critical important, you have to have enough water to carry the toxins out of your body. And the other thing that's critically important is to be kind to yourself. And understand, and understand that this, that is, this going is going to be a, be journey. a journey. And if and you if allocate one, one hour, hour a, week, a week, just one, just one hour, hour a week to this, to this process, process, Tuesday, Tuesday nights night after, after dinner, dinner. Sunday, Sunday morning before, before church, church, I'm going I've to read, read for an, an, hour, an hour or I'm, I'm going to listen to a podcast. podcast. And just and an, just an hour, hour a week, within six months, you've got this done. You understand the concept that you've been studying. And you, and you, you have successfully, successfully implemented it into, into your lifestyle. lifestyle. There's, a, There's bunch a bunch of to do's that you that can you do. Can but if you don't, don't do them, them they aren't worth much. Right? So, so it's really being patient and kind, and kind to, yourself, to yourself, doing the, doing best, the best, you best you can, can and, and uh, just, just allocate, allocate one hour, hour a week to this, to this whole process. process. Makes a world of difference.
1: The education is so important, which is why I do this work and just take the time to look things up because it's really empowering when you know when you understand and to take your health into your own hand i even tell people on the show i said don't believe everything i say look it up
0: yeah, yeah absolutely yeah.
1: and it's really about empowering people to know that they do have they have the resources i mean For as long as it's going to last, but we have the internet where you can look things up. You have to be a little bit discerning, but just use good judgment and uh, you'll find the information. But this book was just terrific, and I think it's uh, just a must have for people who really care about their health and the health of their families. So thank you, Dr. O'Brien, for being our guest today. So we've been discussing the autoimmune fix, which I'm sure is available everywhere.
0: Yes, yes, yes it is, yes, it is. Uh, uh, and, and if, if, if you go you to go the dr.com, dr. Uh, it's, it's on the it's home page there, when, there, when you, you click on it, it takes, you, takes, it takes you to, to Amazon, Amazon but, but you then can download, can download some extra handouts, extra handouts that, that, that help, help with the, uh, in reading, in reading the book, the book. Uh, but, uh, but it's available everywhere, and it's just it's a wonderfully informative book, and if I do say so myself, I'm very proud about that, it came out really well.
1: And you should be, so are you writing another one?
0: Yes, our yes, new our book new comes book out, in, out September, in September, and, and it's, it's called You Can fix your, fix your Brain, brain. One Hour oh. a Week, to the Best, so the best memory, memory, Productivity, productivity and, sleep and Sleep You've Ever you've
1: had. had. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I'm going to have to have you back on when that book comes out so we can discuss that too. That sounds fascinating. I I love to share with our listeners anything about the brain because it's so important. You lose your brain, you know, just ask anybody who's been affected by Alzheimer's or has a relative that's has one of those neurological diseases and your quality of life goes down pretty rapidly
0: yes it, yes, does. it does. As 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 does unfortunately and, um, the, um, um, the, this, and book this book, book is designed design for those, to those people. people
1: okay well we'll look forward to that so thank you very much Dr. O'Brien and thanks to our listeners and we'll be back next week with another show
0: thank you thank you